Welcome to Absolute Comics. I'm Sal. I'm joined today by Dan. Benny ain't here. And so the, the dad's gone. We're going to play. We're just going to talk about comics and comic movie news and rumors and stuff. We're just going to have ourselves a great old time. So if you want to check us out, of course, make sure to do so here at either twitch.tv slash comicstorian or on youtube.com slash DC. Uh, check us out at either place or on Spotify where you can give us a nice rating, I think, on Apple Podcasts. I think mean, it's the only place you can actually give a rating. I, I don't really know. But, hey, you're looking for some swag? You should check out Into the AM, get some really comfortable shirts that I'm not wearing right now, or drink out of a gamer sup. All the information for our sponsors are in the comments and the description down below. So check that out if you are interested. Use comics to check out, for one of them at least, save yourself <laughs> some money. God knows how much, but tell me, uh, I'll tell you this, uh, it's going to be uh, an amount Let's do that it. That's the best intro <laughs> I've ever heard. <laughs> You're too kind. Thank you, sir. Um, let's take a look at our list of topics for today. Boom. Uh, I guess we could talk about what we're reading. Uh, is there anything that came out today? It's Tuesday, so it's only DC day, which is always frustrating. But like, so listen, uh, are there any books that came out this week that you're like, oh, man, we can't, we can't, we can't continue the show until I talk about this book that just came out? I mean, honestly, uh, nothing came out that, like, caught my eye that I'm desperate to talk about, excluding the Batman 900, uh, 135, I believe, is the current number, 900 Legacy, that we will be talking about. Besides that, nothing else really truly caught my eye. How about you? No. Uh, Batman, and uh, I forgot to check out the John Kent uh, Superman book. Cause I want to see more of the injustice stuff. I want to see oh, yeah. Superman and John. They just they just met up in the last issue. So I want to see where that goes. Uh, and I just didn't read it. I was just doing other things today. But I did read Batman. That was like the first thing I did today. And I read Shazam, uh, which is cool. So uh, yeah, but uh, I guess we could talk about some new books. We could talk about the end of Sinister, Sins of Sinister. While I should be uh, wary, ladies and gentlemen, if you have not checked out the Sins of Sinister X Men Extravaganza. An eleven-part miniseries that encompassed a number of titles, including uh, Immortal X-Men, which became Moral X-Men, and uh, you know Nightcrawlers and, uh, and 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 other books like that. Um, it's it's a fantastic book. If you claim to love Sin uh, Mr. Sinister, this is the event for you. And uh, it was more of a saga, but uh, shorter than X of Swords. So I don't know what you're complaining about. It's great. It was really cool. It was really interesting. Uh, if you like, if you like Age of Apocalypse, and you complain about Ten of Swords, you should be reading this. It's now <laughs> done, and uh, and and it was dope AF. I mean, Dan, what what did you think of the conclusion of Sins of Sinister? So the conclusion, I actually I enjoyed it. I liked the twist with the uh, Quiet Council Four at the end that I was not yeah. expecting. That that was. I, I thought that was good. I thought that was a good change to really alter the status quo for the future uh, moving forward. Um, mm -hmm. The event itself, I enjoyed the event. I thought it was a neat idea. My biggest problem was I despise the 10 years in the future, 100 years in the future, 1,000 <laughs> years in the fusion. Yeah. Because every time something like that happens, I and I'm aware of that from the start... I don't care as much for the 10 right. years in the future and the 100 years. Because I'm like, nothing that you're going to do is going to have any impact right now. Because right. I already know that this is going to last at least a 1,000 years. So right. anything that might have suspense or anything like that that happens prior to that 1,000-year mark, eh. 
Like, I don't yeah. care that much. Like, there was a couple with, uh, I want to say, it was at, like, the 100-year mark with Storm. Yes. Um, like, we had that. Like, okay. That was something that actually had somewhat meaning at that time period. But I feel like the laying it out in the order of just jumping here and then here and then all the way here and then all the way back. Like, yeah, I feel like it would have been more impactful if it had gone, here's the 10 years in the future and cliffhanger. Now it's at a hundred. Like, Oh, right. like, wait, how did we get to that? Okay. They've got to finish it here. Oh, oh now we're <laughs> at that. Like if they led up to it, I feel like I would have been more into it, but when it was all over the place, it just kind of, it made it difficult because I was struggling to keep up with the time period that they were in, the sin the one out of four sinister that this individual was a part of, right. and the chaos in which was involved in the mashing up of X-Men. Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, that was – and it's been teased since Hawks and Pox, the idea of, like, the chimeras and seeing mm -hmm. these merging of powers. That, for me, is the thing that I'm not terribly interested in. People were like, oh, my God, can you imagine it's Nightcrawler with Wolverine Claws? And I'm like, so? Right. I don't know why. I, I think amalgams are kind of weird and not – like, it's not the most exciting idea to me, despite the fact that, like, you know, Marvel and DC did their amalgam thing, and I champion that. I, <laughs> I don't even really find those interesting myself. I just wish they existed, and I want them to continue. I want them to try those things. But mm -hmm. uh, as far as, like, merging characters, I'm like, meh, yeah, whatever. Um, that, that's the thing that's least interesting to me. Though I do like when it's done to a uh, successful effect, like Rasputin 4, who's just an interesting enough character to uh, – continue to 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 see i um, will 100 percent agree with that because rasputin for love the design the powers yes. like everything behind that uh, what made that character good was that they made it a character everything yeah. else they weren't making characters they were just like hey look what if we mix these two what if we mix these two what if we mix these 17 yes. like yes it uh it they were just there for the sake of mashing people up and going mm -hmm. They've got powers. They've got powers that you don't know about. But but Rasputin for cool design had a use, like was there had a purpose, and I right. think that's what made that character really fun. And I'm kind of glad that it's in the main the main line because yeah. now we've got Rasputin for who's from the way future. We've mm -hmm. got old woman Laura who's from <laughs> the vault future, and yep. we've got current day Laura. Because let's be honest. If we were compare Rasputin four to any of the characters, I would say it's closest to Laura Kinney. Yeah, with other people's powers as opposed to like magic with other people's powers and stuff. Right. Yeah, I uh, I, I wonder. It's funny. It makes me think like, where's Blink? Because I would love to see a kind of. There, there was a book that came out a long, long time ago called Exiles, which was like take a bunch of characters from displaced. Uh, realities reality mm -hmm. alternate dystopian futures and make them on a team uh and just do sliders that's the it was just sliders the show but in x-men um and i would love to see an x-men on krakoa group or at least like you know people getting together maybe some kind of like support team that's like i'm from a displaced reality too like all these different characters that are all from different like alternate dystopian futures. like a support group for yeah, misplaced exactly. mutants <laughs> right like uh yeah like bishop runs it and it's just everybody being like yeah so my future doesn't exist yeah mine too okay what's your who you know what happened to uh what happened to captain america in your reality you know that i, I think that'd be kind of fun to see that like that, that camaraderie because it's rarely played up 
it's it's part of the reason why I think David Pepos's Savage Ventures is so beloved right now. Mm-hmm. Is that dude, he picks up whatever anybody else put down and just goes for it. He's like, I'm going to pay off a bunch of crap you can possibly imagine. We're going to play with, you know, we're, we're going to play with Flash Toms. We're going to play with Deathlocks. We're going to play with it, Cloak and Dagger. Like, he, he just, he, he, the last arc was just all of this stuff. Every issue had so much going on, and it felt like such, like, uh, compression in, in the best way. It felt like a classic Marvel comic. And dude is from the time that I would remember. So, like, I, I'm like, you know what you're doing. Um, mm-hmm. And it's so rare to see that nowadays. People being like, hey, just, just do the thing. Like, it seems like people are, people are so reticent to do the thing that people are like, oh, man. You know, like, if you were to see, uh, like, Firestar and Iceman and Spider-Man, it's like, uh, put them all together, mm-hmm. you know? And occasionally that'll happen, but I, I, I'm, I'm kind of like, just, just give the people what they want. Like, you know, put them on the bridge of the Enterprise. Do a thing where they all are there in one place and do the thing. I, I don't know. Uh, it feels like some people are like, no, that's that's too easy. People, you don't give the audience exactly what they want. You got to give them a little twist. Right. And I'm like, I, I I appreciate that, but only if it's exciting and interesting, but not if it's just like arbitrarily done. Because, well, I shouldn't just give the audience what they're asking for. Right. Um, yeah. But that said, uh, since Sinister, you know, I think Sinister got his just desserts. I think the the council uh, has been asking for some kind of punishment for a long time, mm-hmm. uh, just by virtue of being weird and creepy. And uh, yeah, I'm. I mean the fall of X couldn't possibly happen without what happened at the end of Sins of Sinister. So mm-hmm. here we go. We're, we're heading, we're sprinting headlong into the Fox of yeah. it all. So I'm, I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I really I'm, liked I'm how they, they concluded it to, like you said, the fall of X, like we have removed the biggest players from the yeah. game that were controlling things. We've already removed some key players. Uh, Cause I believe Magneto died. Yeah, he's dead. Like, he's dead. He removed himself from the Resurrection Protocol. Resurrection mm-hmm. Protocol's being abolished, pretty much, because we're missing some of the people for it. Uh-huh. I love the fact... I will say, I loved that when Rasputin 4 comes from the future and Kitty's there, like, covered in blood, she's like, okay, <laughs> so what happened in this future? Like, what's the... Like, give me the rundown real quick. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just... I'm really excited to see where they move forward with this because I feel like it's the first... The first real change to Krakoa. Like, I feel yeah. like the Axe event had the potential to really move things forward. Right. And it kind of did, but it really only just slightly altered it so that Sins of Sinister could happen. Right. Yes. And yes. outside of that, it was just kind of like, eh, nothing really is impactful. But the people that we have taken off the board, everything that's happened, the fact that we've got Mother Righteous in the role of like Mr. Sinister with magic. Like I, I dig that. I like having these alternate things arriving a new direction, a new era for X-Men because Krakoa was great. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed it. It's had its time. Let's move on to something new. Here's hoping that we get something good out of this. That's the real big hope. Like I, I am, I am always down for change, especially in comics, but only if that change comes from a genuine place of creativity and not just a place of we've been here too long. Let's upend it. Like mm-hmm. I like Krakoa and I like this idea now. I've always found it creepy and weird, but like I also find it to be a great place of fertile ground for creators to really try something it also removes a lot of like tension that makes it difficult to be an x-men fan that i Mm -hmm. do appreciate not having right now 
and as a result, I'm like, you know, just just stay here. You can you can play in the sandbox as long as no one's peed in it. Like, so right. I I don't think that there's anything inherently broken with Krakoa to the point where we need to leave. You know, when they said Fall of X is coming, I'm like, I hope you have a plan. You know, and I I know people who are like. You know, they better not get into the mansion. You know, we better not go back to the mansion right now or ever. And right. I'm like, look, I love the mansion. And uh, I'm very okay with the mansion as long as it's coming from a genuine place of interest and creativity. Where the mansion is the result of hard work and good storytelling. Where at the end it feels satisfying that we're at the mansion, you know? Yeah. I, I actually, I feel like it would have been interesting if they had done anything with the mansion. It's weird. It's suspicious that nothing was done with the mansion outside of like one giant sized overpriced X-Men issue that, that, that starred Nightcrawler. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was like more or less left to the, to the elements. It, it's very much just kind of like no one's in the mansion. And I'm like, man, instead of living in a stupid head of a celestial, wouldn't it have been cool if the Avengers moved into it, the X-Mansion? Like, just do something interesting. That the Fantastic Four move into the X-Mansion. And, you know, uh, what's his name? Reed Richards is like, I made a couple of modifications to this thing. Like, oh, the danger room. You know, we don't train enough. Let's try it. You know, just something. I th- I think the only thing that I can think of they did with the mansion was didn't... And I could be wrong on this, but I feel like in the Wolverine comic, they were going after, like, the head that was, mm. like, the head of the danger room. And yes. that was like living in the mansion and Wolverine and Deadpool did. So like, that's the only thing I think we've seen yeah. of the mansion outside since Just, Krakoa started. So yes, who knows what's going to happen with that? Because I'm pretty sure the mansion's still in New York and there's a oh, yeah, murderous no, robot there. in it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. They're going to have to deal with that. And it wouldn't it be cool to see that being utilized in some exciting and interesting way mm-hmm. and not just in a, Oh, um, uh, you know, only Wolverine's going to run it, or we're going to split the X-Men again, and, you know, Magneto's going to go to an asteroid like he always does. Like, no, I I like them all being on the same page. Mm-hmm. Um, even though they never were. It's funny, like, you know, we get that beautiful moment in Hawks where, like, Apocalypse shows up, and he's like, we're brothers now, we're doing this. And it's like, you were never brothers. None of you all worked together. You constantly had Mystique being like, <laughs> you, you know, it just... It was. It was. Ne- Mr. Sinister was always doing this. What's happening in Sinister Sinister? What happened now that mm-hmm. it's over? You know, it's just you were never united. <laughs> it never worked out for you. What's yeah. wrong with you? So, yeah, man. I don't know. It's just. Uh, but it's it's cool. Um, speaking of cool, Batman Nine Hundred uh, just dropped. Uh, Chip Zdarsky has been cautioning against the uh, the spoilers for this issue uh, I, I know that he's been complaining about it for at least the past week and rightfully so he wrote the book he, he, there's a lot of cool things it's a seminal issue uh, and it's and it's uh, you know not as big as 1000 but big enough to put a button on the end of the kind of fallout from the failsafe arc yeah and uh, so here we are and by the way it's legacy numbering it's 135 but uh, they're they're saying oh it's 900 so that's cool uh, and uh, yeah, we see the, the you know Batman uh, go through the multiverse, uh, fighting what is this effectively some kind of like insane multiversal Joker. And I don't want to spoil it really, but if you want, like we can talk a little bit about you know the implications thereof, if if there mm-hmm. are any, because I don't know if there's uh, the, the the thing that really like stuck with me about this issue, besides the fact that it's like you got to see a lot of fun Easter eggs, a lot of fun yeah. references and cameos, but I don't know, I I felt like. 
It wasn't, uh, it didn't have the oomph I was going for. Okay. I, I really liked, and I, I, I will probably accidentally say something spoilery, so I'm just sure, going to no, no, preface no. it uh, with That's that. That's what the show is, folks, so, <laughs> you know, buckle in. I really like that, and they say this in the comic, we've always talked about how the villains exist because Batman put on the cowl, and I loved that in this, they, he really hammers home no, they would exist regardless <laughs> of if Batman had the cowl on or not. That I do They like. exist like and but then I also just really, really liked the fact that they had Halliday be he was the reason that the Jokers existed was because he was trying to become a Joker, but in doing so entered people's brain entered other jokers brains broke them essentially turned them into jokers and he's just constantly like no 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 i am supposed to be the one <laughs> breaking right now what yeah, is going I, on that was that was you know there's a lot of like cool stuff in this but the implications are either superficial or they could be really cool like is halliday responsible for the jeff johns three jokers I don't I I don't know. I don't feel like it I don't feel like he is because the other two jokers from Three Jokers did not have the same origin as the Joker from you know from the Killing Joke. Right. But there are three jokers and that's how Zdarsky opened his arc was with three jokers. It was a dream but it was still referencing three jokers. So I'm like is that what you're doing? Also I don't remember Halliday being Joker's name. And in fact, if we're going to reference John's as three Jokers, John's has a name for the Joker and it ain't Halliday. Mm -hmm. I believe it wasn't a new, it was a new one that they put in for this. Cause even at one point they referenced Jack Napier as well. Yeah, they do. They do. You're like right. another Joker name. So I think Halliday is just one of the names. It's, it's the name of this, of the red hood or the, the, uh, the red masked Joker. Mm -hmm. I think he was literally like... just – I think he had to give him that name so that you could throw people off the trail until right. he made that, like, re revelation or, like, revealing it to everyone. Because, yeah, if you had – if they had just been like, oh, it's Jack White or it's Jack Napier, it's like, yeah, we, we know who it is. Like, there's right. no <laughs> there's, there's no, no secrecy mystery. or mystery behind this. But when it was Halliday and it was, like – for a while you started going – who who is this is this right. someone trying to be the joker or is this the joker like yeah because i mean even at the end you could you could even say that it wasn't the joker right it was the maker of the joker yeah 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 there's the the idea of the joker maker was also fine it was interesting enough where i'm like okay that's that's an idea that I'm not totally against, uh, but it, it seemed to have, you know, it was it was in love with its own idea more than I was, and that was where I was like, oh, okay, well, cool, I guess, you know, it was it was very it was a it was a, I think it was an exciting and satisfying book, but I was also like, I don't know, that was that's what we we're building towards. Mm -hmm. Okay, is that enough? I do the the images are there and the visuals are there and there's a lot of a lot of superficiality in the book that like works it's just kind of very much it is pure and utter and absolute fan service but there was one moment where I'm like yes and I don't know if I was like I was like oh okay 
like when I when I got it when I was, it was one of those things where you're like, oh my god, I love mac and cheese. Thank you. And then you have it, and you're like, oh, this isn't what I was expecting. Like this is right. You know, this is not the same. You know, I had an idea about what this was going to be in my head, and it's it's not that. That's what this was. Where there were a couple of moments where I think we've all expected things that we saw in this issue to happen, but when they ultimately were given to us, they were not as exciting. It was it was actually less exciting than I thought it was going to be when I speculated about it as a nerd. Right. Um, but otherwise, I mean, you know, but that's that's very much splitting hairs. It's very, you know, it it, it there is no um, insult meant. Uh, nor am I trying to say that the book sucks. I think it's actually really cool. I think it was a lot of fun. I really mm. enjoyed what I read, but I was surprised when I thought when I looked back on it. I was like, oh yeah, there, nothing really like hung there. There are so many issues, and there's so many books today that are being published where I will think about what I just read, and it'll just stay with me. And I was really looking forward to this, especially because Chip was so insistent on not getting spoilers. Where I'm like, okay. And maybe it's because the people who are working on this book along with him were also equally excited. And everybody was like, yeah, this is going to be freaking awesome. And yeah, yeah I mean, I, and I think it delivers. It's just it wasn't as big a delivery as I was hoping for. But again, no complaints. It was just, yeah. oh, okay. Like, that's, yeah, that's good too. That That's good too. <laughs> I, I really liked, uh, like, outside of the Batman stuff, and the fact that Batman now has a robot hand, which who knows what that's going to lead into. But yeah. I I really appreciated what Chip Zdarsky did with Tim Drake as yes. the Robin. Like, I thought it worked so well because it... I've always seen Tim Drake as, like, a partner to Batman, but more of on equal footing than a Batman and Robin-style relationship. And I felt sure. like this was much more of a Batman and Robin father and son kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I really I really liked that moment when he's diving through the multiverse and he goes to his mother. Yes, that was a great moment. I all love the Tim Drake stuff is 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 pure unadulterated it works. Mm-hmm. It works one page destroys the entire Tim Drake mini series that we got. Like Oh yeah. It was it was great and and I, I I completely agree with you. That was such a fun time. Um, and how it all pays off in this issue was awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I I am a hundred percent agreement with you on that one. Like Tim is, it's one of those moments where you're like, this is why Tim is Robin. This is why Tim is the best Robin. You know, yeah. so. this this I feel like was, it was long overdue for tim to get his big robin moment yes and i feel like he has not really had that in a while i can't even think of like the last time that i would go oh yeah tim drake robin like this was his moment actually i would say the last time that was most impactful was the detective comic series in rebirth Mm. before he died in the clock tower the tine and run yes died yeah um this is like the best that I have seen for Tim since then. And yeah. I, I'm so I'm so thankful that Chip Zdarsky used Tim Drake as his Robin in this because mm-hmm. it just fit in so many ways. And yeah, overall, guys, definitely go check this one out. It yes. was very, very worth it. Yep. It, it may be difficult to get because I think uh, it'll be it'll be a popular book, but check it out. It's 
it's it's worth checking out it's worth it's worth the experience yeah definitely yeah definitely um Moving forward into the uh, into other comic book stuff, you have a, a great article here from CBR about Monica Rambeau, uh, Photon number five. That's right, Monica Rambeau has a book. You probably aren't reading it, but you should because Monica Rambeau is a cool character, Photon, the original Captain Marvel, uh, female Captain Marvel, that is. Uh, but she may be the most powerful cosmic hero in the Marvel Universe and has been apparently mentally holding herself back this whole time. And after an interaction with Star Fox the Eternal, she has unleashed her full potential. Uh, Dan, did you uh, get a chance to actually look at this? Because I I uh, heard about this only through you, so I was like, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, I've I've only seen some of the images for it because, like you said, I I saw when the first issue came out because it was around the time of them announcing the Marvels, obviously. Yes. Um, which when I saw this, I was not surprised. A movie's coming out. Of course, you're going to make one of the stars for the movie that is not as well known yeah. a lot more powerful so people are more interested because absolutely people like overpowered things. Uh, <laughs> but sure I do. do I do really like because um, I did read some of it and I like that the way that they the way that they lay it out is that Monica has always kind of held herself back so that other people can take the spotlight and shine and she kind of overthinks things and like has held herself back and then in this with uh the help of the beyonder and star fox yep she breaks that mental barrier essentially and becomes the, the most powerful cosmic hero and i i really like it because captain marvel yeah she she's lost it ever since civil war <laughs> ii i don't You're talking about carol danvers Carol Danvers, yes. yes. Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel. Ever since Civil War II, I don't think she has ever fully recovered as a character. To the fans in the comics, yeah, they redeem her somewhat. But then other times you're like, wow, she just joked about putting Tony in a coma again. That's yeah. like poor taste there. But I she feel like been, this... She has not been given a good, a good shake in a long time. It's exactly. Been tough. And I think that this will be good because... They can put Monica Rambeau in that position, let Captain Marvel hang out in the back, kind of cool off, let people get refreshed, and then bring her back in later. Um, but I think this this is going to be good. I hope that they do more with it and yeah. not one of those things where the movie comes out and then like two years later, they're like, we finally doing something. And it's like, yeah, uh -huh. lost the timing on that guys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, you know, it's, it's going to be tough because of the writer's strike and, uh, well, the movie's out, like the movie's done, that movie's done. Mm -hmm. So they don't have to worry about like rewrites and shooting and stuff like that. Unless they want to shoot an extra like post-credit scenes, in which case they're going to have to like rely on improv. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that, when it comes to Monica, Monica's always been more interesting than Carol, for me anyway. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I fear that Carol results, you know, there's there's one issue that I have with people's problem with Carol Danvers, and it's that people are blaming her for things that, like, people made her do because she's a fake person. You know, like, people are like, well, you can't trust her because of what she did in Civil War. And I'm like, well, you know, the Civil War 2 sucks, and... They made her do that because they needed a heavy in that in that book. It, right. It, it has nothing to do with her as a person or because she isn't a real person. Um, and she's meant to be a hero. So it, uh, on, at the very least, you're supposed to take what she's saying and how she feels at face value. Uh, but 
the problem is you just you 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 can't go. Hey, um, I just realized you don't know we don't have a Wonder Woman here, and uh, you, you can't just arbitrarily pick a character and go. We have chosen to elevate this character. Isn't you know this isn't uh, this isn't cats. You know, we're gonna have a jerical ceremony to ascend one of these uh, one of these characters to to stardom here. You know, the the the, the, the culture picks who is elevated, you know? And if you ask everybody, like, who's the Wonder Woman of Marvel? First of all, you get a variety of answers. You know, I would say She-Hulk, but a lot of folks would have said people like uh, uh, Storm. And no one's wrong. You know, I don't I, I think very few people would have said Carol Danvers uh, and not because she sucks, but because like it's tough, like it, it's a tough call. And she's, you know, any any woman you choose from Marvel is going to be at least interesting and completely different from from Wonder Woman because they are so deeply flawed because the, intrinsically they're a Marvel character. Uh, it's she never got a fair shake because I don't think anyone ever legitimately wanted to elevate her for any genuine reason outside of like, we have to have a character mm-hmm. and Oh, arbitrarily. It also can't be a mutant or a fantastic four member, right. you know? And it's like, Oh, that's, that, that that's, uh, that's very limiting when you think about it. Cause it ain't going to be Medusa, you know? Um, but, but if you wanted to arbitrarily pick one, I mean, Monica would have been a lot more of a of a, of a I think a fan favorite choice mm-hmm. because of her history, her experience with different teams, uh, the fact that she has a fairly unblemished history at Marvel that doesn't have like one of the p- part of uh, Carol's un- unfortunate history is that she's also associated with some of the worst comics imaginable, mm-hmm. like Avengers two hundred, where it's like, oh, um, yeah, so she's gonna like be forced to fall in love with a man and then uh sleep with him or not uh actually she's is the, look long story short she's going to give birth to her own uh assaulter mm-hmm. you know like it's already a complicated mixed bag now that could be a triumphant interesting story if you like in terms of making her elevated in terms of like giving carol that oomph right but you have to like own it and go for it like this is a this is a champion who has triumphed over tragedy adversity and like and and darkness um but they didn't want to do that they were just like put her in a call her captain and give her give her a new a new suit I'm yeah. like, oh that's 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 not very exciting is it i mean you know and monica uh you know i like her because she was in a book a uh, little book called next wave which uh was very fun and uh not uh, what Marvel, I think, would be interested in promoting right now, despite like its uh, it, its its potential, um, but uh, you know, a- in addition to her history as 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 Captain Marvel, I've known Monica being Captain Marvel longer than Carol. <laughs> you there know, you she's the one who actually went with that name for the longest time. Oh, just she's not very interested. Like, I don't care. You know, it'd be like if they said, uh, "Hey, uh, we're gonna make Spider Man more powerful than he's ever been." Like, all right, well, how how long are you going to do that for until you stop? Because I don't want to I don't want to read that. Like that's saying that someone is like more powerful is just so boring and uninteresting to me. I'm just I'm so not interested in hearing about that. Like, oh, they're more powerful. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've they're even more. You know how powerful you thought they were? Well, they're actually 10 times more powerful. Uh, Oh, yawn. Mm -hmm. Um, What does that have to do with anything? Like and, and based on what metric and. You know, at the end of the day, that will be subject to the writer's whimsy. So, 
you know, you could say that all you want, but like, she's not going to be able to, if she's in a, uh, like an X-Men book and Kitty Pride needs to win, she's going to find a way to beat the most powerful new Marvel character. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's just arbitrary to me, but, uh, you know. Yeah. I think it's, I, I feel like that's, uh, the making her more powerful thing. I think that's something that is more directed towards readers like myself, as opposed to you, because you have, right. Like you've had her around a long, a longer time than I have. I never knew her as Captain Marvel. The only times I've seen her have been um, when she's like jumps in with different uh, other teams. The one yeah. that I can think of just off the top of my head was the Thunderbolts after Luke Cage oh, becomes yeah. mayor, and she's kind of like the liaison, kind of leader, but not actually. But yeah. I've always I've known her to be Captain Marvel. But from my reading experience, Carol Danvers has always been the more powerful one. And she has been Photon and a lot more of a side character. And so like this kind of power boost to someone like myself, I go, so she's a legitimate character now. She's not a plot device to help this team or like has to be involved with these. Like, no, she could be her own standalone a tr- like cat she could be the next captain marvel again and yeah. like i feel like for someone like myself seeing this and why i put it on the thing was because i was like huh this opens a lot of doors i never even considered her in these different avenues because i didn't read them back then so that's fair and like i think that's it's an interesting take on that long-term reader versus a relatively speaking newer reader Right. Um, so I'm excited to see what happens out of this because, like you said, not as many blemishes on our history. Carol, I feel like he, it was writers making her do things. I think the biggest problem was they never redeemed her. And they right. always – they not or they only thought did they, they not, did like they, they yeah. were really bad they were really bad at it mm-hmm. like they would go no she was redeemed in this book that no one read or in this story that makes her actually less redeemable than before exactly. you know like that's not you know or, or they cop the other attitude of what does she need to be redeemed what are you talking about yeah maybe there's something wrong with you it's I the the hammer home for me of okay I'm not a fan was when she did make the joke of I will put you in a coma again. Yeah. And it was a not really a joke joke. It was more no. of her being like, no, I will. And it well, kind of was would, like though. a that. Nope. Like if anything, you should. There was no as far as I am aware, there was yeah. at no point a time where Carol apologized to Tony for what for, for what happened what in Civil she War did in Civil War Two. And I feel like the first comic that came out afterwards was her dealing with alcoholism and using Tony as support and still never referenced it. And it yeah. was so for me, that's one of those things that I my opinion of Carol has gone just decline, decline, decline. So yeah, ha- having Monica Rambeau powered up as Photon potentially she probably won't get captain marvel the name again but no. having her back as kind of that role though of the powerful cosmic based hero yeah. i'm excited i think there's a lot of good potential to come out of that so i think you're right there is there's an option there's an opportunity here to elevate monica especially because 
this is this movie will be the biggest push for this character she's ever seen. And mm-hmm. it's like, I, I am so sick of Marvel not capitalizing on these opportunities to the fullest extent. Now, I've also decried Marvel for trying to do it in more flagrant and pathetic ways. Like, there's a movie called Infinity War. Jerry, make a book called Infinity Wars. It's going to be real bad. Just really boring. Just, just make it happen. It's the biggest thing. Put the Infinity Rocks in it. Okay, just make them make them different. I don't know, whatever. Like it's just that's how it feels, and it's mm-hmm. like, you know, or or when uh, poor that poor Falcon Winter Soldier book came out because there was a show, and then the show got delayed, so the book came out, and it was like, for whom? Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's a problem, uh, you know. But you know, for God's sake, don't do nothing. Don't sit on your hands. Like get this, you know, get this out there. Monica's going to be on screen. There better be some Monica books on the shelf. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, there's an opportunity here. And and uh, if she needs to be juiced up, <laughs> power wise, to make that happen, whatever. Okay, right. if that's what gets your attention, folks. But also, you know, follow her home and you know have her do things as a human being because that would be very interesting to a lot of people i think and, and it would give it it would provide a new perspective yeah that, that, that's totally worth it so good for her yay uh why don't you take the next one <laughs> <laughs> I, I, guess, I, I have a feeling i know why you haven't handed that over to me so uh actor Chukwudi Iwuji, I believe, uh, who plays Bravo. the High Evolutionary in the upcoming Guardians of the Galaxy 3 movie, was talking about how on the set, um, for a lot of the scenes, he worked with on-set humans. And if you guys weren't aware, the movie is going to be based heavily on like Rocket Raccoon's origin, the High Evolutionary, what the High Evolutionary did to him, as well as other creatures and stuff like that. Essentially, the article was saying that um, the actor, when seeing the footage from the actual movie, said to himself, I think I am going to hell because (laughs) of watching like what he did to Rocket and to the animals that it kind of uh, added a layer to it of people are going to go in this and I'm going to warn viewers now. There will be scenes of animal cruelty that I'm sure a lot of people are not going to handle well, which is an interesting thing because I am sure we've seen worse things happen to people. But for some reason, as people, as humans, when it happens to animals, there's something about it that just gets at us. But I... But yeah, basically, he came out saying that uh, he was very thankful that on the set... He was able to work with people and mm-hmm. does it was not happy when he saw what he was actually doing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what the high evolutionary does, man. He mucks around with with, with animals. Uh, I'm just thankful that there were no animals on the set. You know, mm-hmm. that the, the animal uh, use was all kind of made in post. But I like that. I, I like that, uh, first of all, that they're, uh, you know, human being who feels you know, really sad about that use. I would hope that there's like some kind of a environmental message as a result of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm glad that it, I, if it makes people squeamish and upset, good. Like it should, I hope it 
you know, changes some people's opinions and feelings, and it makes people more sensitive to the plight of uh, animal cruelty. That'd be great if that were the case, especially since it was fake, especially since it's like we didn't even yes. use – it's not like we did it at the expense of hurting animals. Like we didn't – you know, it's not like that weird movie about like dogs, you know, reincarnated where it's like we had to really torture this animal for people to notice that uh, Hollywood is not kind to animals, you know? Like, no, it's we, – we, we use these CG creatures that are so realistic and so, uh, you know, ap- appealing – we uh, it, it made people think twice about that. That'd be so great. It makes me hope that maybe one day they'll adapt that uh, Grant Morrison, Frank Quitely book, We Three, into a movie, which stars. Uh, oh my god! It's essentially about like three animals that were like wrenched from their you know original lives—a dog, a cat, and a rabbit—and put into like a secret government project. And experimented on, and then put into like these like mech suits, and like all they want to do is go home. Yeah, you know. So oh, you'll it's... they'll and because they're in the suits, they have to be able to communicate. So like they communicate in like the simplistic animal terms. It's really sad, and it's really rough. Yeah, uh, but yeah, uh, but but hey, listen, with CG, we can make that happen, and it will be just it just be that more sad. <laughs> yeah, but I, I it the the there was a line in it though that I found kind of funny was that he he was like yeah after i saw it and i was doing it it was it was nice when it was with people and i was being mean to people because i just felt like a ordinary villain like yeah (laughs) and it's just when you add in the animals i i'm much worse yeah it makes it much worse but it also it made me more excited for the film just because i have been hearing so much more about how serious and kind of more dark guardians 3 is supposed to be and how it's gonna be a much more serious tone than the humor filled other movies so having this kind of villain adding into it and knowing that they did it as weird as it is they played the villain well enough that they made themselves feel like they were a terrible person just for their acting and that gives me faith that okay, this is going to be a valuable he- villain that actually is impactful and yeah. not just a story device. Because right? I feel like we've had some villains where they're this- really just there to go, hey, we got a villain, but it's <laughs> yep. it's about this stuff. Like, this feels right. more like, oh, wow, we've got a villain. Yeah, we have somebody we want to see defeated. Uh, yeah, exactly. Right, as opposed to like, oh, it's, it's Ronan the Accuser, oh no. Exactly. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Um, Here's some bad news, or at least it was bad news, but I'm happy to see that it's going to be in some way rectified. It's uh, Marvel Comics app is shutting down June 2nd, and they have announced that all comics purchased with the app will be made accessible on the Marvel Unlimited app without the need of of a subscription to access these purchases. So it looks like, uh, I know there was a lot of uh, hubbub about that because, of course, Marvel uh, launched this app a long time, like uh, quite a while ago, and put a lot of emphasis behind it. They made all those, like, digital uh, codes available in their comic books if you bought them physically, and uh, they're migrating over to the Marvel Unlimited app. Which uh, makes perfect sense to me. Not oh, not yeah. in terms of like something I would do, but it's I get why they would do it, and I get why they're like, well, we don't need two apps that do the same thing. Um, so I get that. I'm just I just think it's really cool that they're actually making it so that if you if you don't want to pay like a subscription fee to read more than the books you own, mm-hmm. you will still have access to the books you bought through the app that also offers subscription fees. I think that's fantastic, and uh, and it's a really nice olive branch from a company that I would not expect to meet any reader halfway on. Right, and, uh, so that's great. Uh, but 
yeah, if you're not familiar, Marvel Limited has, it's an app, it's like Netflix, you just pay a subscription fee, you get access to all these books, there's a small delay, I think it's three months, I know DC dropped it to one month, maybe Marvel met them, I don't recall. I think there's still three months. Okay, Uh, but uh, three months between new releases, so, you know, but here's the thing about the three-month delay, Um, it doesn't make the books any less valuable, or uh, it actually, no, it does, it does make them less valuable, that's the thing about, about, about these books. If you wait three months, like, like let's say that you're like, oh, my God, uh, I, I normally buy like 12 books a month uh, or 24 books a month. And, you know, I, my expenses have gone up and I can't afford to buy these books before you go to piracy. You know, what you could do is wait three months and uh, you could either pay for the subscription fee and get more books. Or if you're buying in physical, wait three months and go to the back issues bins and get those books for like half price. Now, lo- most local comic book stores aren't going to pay you or, or aren't going to give you like a discount right off the bat, but trade shows and comic cons, I, I, I can't tell you how many times I have seen books that were, that were $6 in a back issues bin for $1. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, it's frustrating, but it's one of those things where it's like, as long as you are patient, and I'm not asking you to be patient for a year or for like, you know, uh, f- forever, but if you're patient, there are ways for you to both, you know, contribute to the comic book industry and read your books. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm just like, you know, all right, cool. I mean, th- this is more than I ever would have expected Marvel to do. So I'm really proud of them for doing it. Yeah, um, especially yeah, that what... they're doing it without the subscription. That was when yeah. I saw that they were like, yeah, you can get it without the need for a subscription. I was like, I was expecting them to be like, you get all the books you already bought as long as you have your Marvel Unlimited. And I was like, that that would be a yeah. more Marvel move. But, oh, yeah. But oh, this, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm glad they did this because right. it, I mean, why, why not? They already yeah. bought the books. <laughs> Let them well, have what they bought. I don't know. I don't know how they could make that work it would have to be something that they deliberately changed about the site mm-hmm. which is really cool that they did it because i would not have expected them to do that so nicely done well well done marvel yeah and finally uh shazam number one reveals that shazam's potential new superhero name is the captain an obvious nod to the original name of captain marvel the new name is given by his adopted family after quote a little maritime accident but appears to be sticking as it's a name that Billy can say out loud without changing forms. This is referenced directly in the issue that dropped today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shazam number one uh, from Mark Wade and Dan Mora, by the way, if you're interested in, if you ever were thinking about buying a Captain Marvel comic, uh, you could do worse than getting one written by Mark Wade with art by Dan effing Mora. Uh, definitely check out that issue. I did myself just for this uh, in, in preparation. I saw Shazam number one. Yep. I was like, okay, fine. I'll read it. So I picked it up and I read it. Uh, by the way, all these books that I got uh, ahead of time, I didn't have time to go to the comic book store, but I did get them on Comixology through Amazon, unfortunately. Uh, it's frustrating, but you know what? I, I, I buy my books. So, uh, yeah, man, uh, The Captain, do you dig it or not? I, it sounds from the description from the copy here that you're not, you're not wild about the name. I, I think it's just very... Whenever people get a new name... Yeah. I, I, it's always interesting because you've got the directions of simplistic and makes sense or brand new name like out of nowhere name that either really works or is absolutely awful and this felt more like them going okay so everyone always talks about how he uses the word shazam to both change forms as well as 
as his name. And like, even in comics, they're like, okay, well, he, he has to say it with meaning for it to actually change it. Like, so yeah. I'm glad that they're trying to like go around that as well as also touching on, he used to be Captain Marvel. So we'll just call him the captain, but right. The captain doesn't make me think superhero. The captain when I hear that, I think like, oh, this is a small town. There's this one old guy that everyone in town calls him the captain. And like, yeah, that's no, that's I, what I picture. And so I'm hesitant, but we'll see yeah. how they use it. Well, let me tell you something. Captain America's name used to be the captain for like a very small period of time. He was disenfranchised with America, dropped the America part, changed his suit to look like what would become the U.S. agent suit and mm -hmm. went by the captain. So they're already, it, there's actually, it's funny how, okay, so Captain Marvel was what Shazam's name was. Marvel was like, we're going to copyright it. And we're going to call Marvel that. And then DC was like, well, then we're going to make our guy the captain. And then Marvel could go, oh, we already have that. Mm -hmm. We have a guy called the captain already. Like it is a moniker that Captain America took on. But every time I hear the captain, I think of when Steve Rogers was the captain. And I'm kind of like, the captain of what? Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Now, Captain Marvel is just the name they pulled out of a hat back during that time at, like, Fawcett Comics. So I can appreciate that, you know, while Captain Marvel is arbitrarily named, the problem wasn't the captain portion, so we'll call him Captain. Mm -hmm. I think that they need to go further. I, I think that the captain doesn't work because, he, again, he's not nautical based he doesn't seem to have some kind of military rank uh, like the, the captain part was was erroneous was erroneous from the start you know he's a superhero yeah. superman there's nothing denominational about it he's a superman that's it um his suit is a strong man idea so you know you could go from there but uh you know if you want to if you want to stick with captain you could go with something like i i was actually trying to like just brainstorming it just going like okay well captain what Right, if you're gonna, his name is Captain Marvel. We went by Shazam forever, and it was always awkward because mm -hmm. his name is Shazam, and it's like what the gods know when he when he says my name's Shazam, it doesn't automatically trigger the the magic word. But like, it's a magic word. I don't know. So it, it was always dicey. Plus, I don't know. Call him the thing he says. Nah. But if you want to go with Captain, call him Captain something. But what's associated with Captain Marvel? He's got like all the gods. It can't be Captain God. That's that's too, that's too uh, self-aggrandizing. That's so full of yourself. Exactly. I'm it's, it's Captain like, God. Captain God, right? And it's like, well, Captain Gods. No, can't do that. Uh, you can't pick one of the gods or the characters that is the uh, that that's the makeup for Shazam, the acronym. You Which know? Not, okay, I was not aware. Or oh, at least had forgotten <laughs> that Shazam stood for. And for those of you listening and watching, if you weren't aware, Shazam stands for Solomon, Hercules, Atlas, Zeus, Achilles, and Mercury. Yeah. I was not aware that that was the reason it was called Shazam. That. And, and, well, it's and Shazam it was one of those ones where I looked at it and I'm like, how did I not know this? I knew of the different powers and the names yeah. of the gods, and I never just put two and two together. Right? No, uh, uh, I, I'm sure they started with Shazam and then went, why does he call it Shazam? And then probably they went, oh, you know, we could make him, you know, he's, he's the powers of the gods. Um, but, uh, you know, but you can't make it one of those. I was thinking, well, what about the Rock of Eternity? 
You can go with Captain Eternity. That's not terrible. Not bad. And the only other Captain Eternity that exists was created in a book called Tom Strong, which was made through Wildstorm, which is owned by DC Comics. So they already own the name. There you go. So you can go with Captain Eternity. Because Captain Thunder, eh, a little silly. Plus, I think... You know, there's there's Boy Thunder, who is also uh, a character that they whipped up during World's Finest. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, plus Thunder. There's eh. Johnny Thunder, the there's kid Johnny with Thunder. the like genie in a pen with a genie. Something. Which yeah. again, like, what does Thunder have to do with a genie? I mean, I don't know. Like, it's more like Captain. It's more like Johnny Magic, but uh, right. You know, I would whatever. say though, I th- I am wondering because of the way that this comic ends in a negative tone for Shazam or the yes. captain, I'm wondering if they went with such a simplistic name that they also even say in this, that it's like, Oh, it was Mary and Freddie making fun of me for a maritime thing right, that like happened like, a I, boat or something. I, exactly. I, 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 I'm wondering yeah. if this is going to go into like a redemption arc for Shazam mm. and then we'll end with a new name and a new kind of look for him. Like I'm wondering if this is going to be almost a reinvention of the character ah. to like basically do what they're doing with John Kent a little bit of yeah. separating it from what it was because we no longer have the Shazam family. Like he can't mm-hmm. share the powers. He's at the rock of eternity. We've got weird things going on there and yep. it ends with him kind of going a little crazy. So I wonder if this will lead into some sort of rebranding for himself. Because he even starts, he's got a, like a YouTube channel or something where he's like, yeah, I'm the captain. <laughs> and it's right? like, I wonder if they'll use that to kind of reinvent the character. Because yeah. the most recent movie sure as heck did not do that character any favors. <laughs> um, I like those. Mo- those movies aren't terrible. I think they're did fine. Did you see the newest one? I haven't seen it. I did. Yeah, too, I saw Fury of the so. Gods. It's cute. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with that movie. It's okay. just, you know, it's just like, if you're looking at it from the perspective of like, how does this fit into everything? Like, don't. Especially because it it, it tries. So, don't. Uh, you know, they, they could have just really focused. But also, the part of the joy and fun of those movies is how he is set against the backdrop of the DC universe as a whole. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, I like those two movies. They're fine. Okay. Like, they, you know, there's nothing, I, I think there's nothing really wrong with those. I movies. enjoyed the first one a lot. I just, yeah. the second one, the second one, they went, Oh, Freddie's the main character. Let's just focus on Freddie then. Oh, did like, they? <laughs> which is too bad. Cause I think that everybody who plays the, ch- all the kids are great. Like mm. Billy's good. Freddie's great. Uh, and, it, and and the and the rest of them are fantastic. Like I really like the the, the kid actors are great, and they're all growing up like imme- like very fast. So they'll all be you know you know titans of their field before you know it. Um, but uh, but they all do like a lot of good work with very little. You know, that, mm-hmm. I, I I'm you know you know me. I'm always like oh too many superfluous characters. Like the the, the Shazam family. You're having a hard time selling one of these guys. You got you got what like all of them yikes i mean mary marvel notwithstanding like the rest of them like oh they're fast are they fast as the flash because there's 10 of those which i yeah they also i feel amped up his powers in this issue yeah did you like because he's for loved dinosaurs from space don't get me wrong but the fact that they're falling and Mm -hmm. he creates a net 
before right. it lands because catching it's not a good idea. Uh, yeah. But anyway, yeah, I feel like they kind of amped him up a bit. So I'm I'm excited to see what comes out of this Dawn of DC Shazam comic because they're I mean the fact that he is one of their starting comics. Yes. I I feel means they are going to be putting some effort into the character again, finally, and really trying to put him at the front, make him beloved again, hopefully. I've never cared about Captain Marvel. So if this did anything to make me find him interesting or exciting, then Mm -hmm. they did it. Uh, And I hope it's good. Like, I hope it continues to be fresh. I hope people find, uh, you know, what they're looking for from here because it's a, it's an, it's, it's, it's a not inconsiderable effort. Like they, they, they gave Mark Wade the job. Dan Moore is drawing it. Like there, there is not, you know, they're not like, Oh, whatever with this. Like, Oh, we have to, or we feel obligated to, this is like, we're making an effort to make Shazam Captain Marvel, a character. Boom. Like that's great. Good for them. Yeah, definitely. So, ah, Shazam. Well, I feel like that uh, is a good place for us to wind down here. I was not expecting this to go for a full hour, but hey, you know We got what? one, baby. <laughs> we are just that good at podcasting, folks. <laughs> Ten years, I should hope so. <laughs> right. So if you did enjoy this show, please be sure to give the video a like, subscribe to the channel, click the bell icon, get the notifications, leave a review wherever you see this, all of that good stuff. Also, go to our sponsors, Into the AM, use code ABSOLUTELY, GAMERSUPS, use code COMICS. Save money when you buy stuff there, get some great stuff. That is Sal, I am Dan, and we will catch you all next time.